Welcome to the Double Dribble Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Walk. Here on this day, January the 28th. Before I start the show, I want to say three years ago, yesterday, Kobe Bryant and his young daughter, Gigi, lost their life in a helicopter crash. And three years doesn't seem so long ago. But even though they're not here, our prayers and thoughts still go out to them. And with that said, on today's show, I have a a guess. And I just say he's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine. I work with. There we go. There we go. I like it. <laughs> See, he already want to talk. He ain't let me finish introduction. <laughs> joining me today. Joining me today is Dre, aka Six Nine, because he is legit Six Nine. I think he's sixteen. I think he'd be lying about his height personally. But <laughs> welcome to the show, Six Nine. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, bro. Hey, I, I appreciate you having me on. We about to have a good time today. Oh, no doubt, man. Look, it's a double drill podcast. It's all about having good times. It's all about bringing that energy. And more importantly, it's about the love of basketball. Because that's, that's what right. we're talking about today. Today, we're going to talk about Memphis basketball. From the Memphis Grizzlies to the Memphis Tigers, who I affectionately call to today Memphis State. Because that's who they always will be. In my mind. My mama went to Memphis State. <laughs> That's what's up. So before we get into Memphis basketball, we're going to have a little background. You know, we're going to have Dre introduce himself. We're going to have him talk about himself a little bit because Dre used to hoop. Yeah, and right. So go, I played uh, play basketball in Memphis high school basketball. Actually, I'll go back before that. I consider myself, I call myself um, a Memphorlinian. Um, I was, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, I, I moved, I went back and forth between New Orleans and Memphis because my mom is originally um, from Memphis. My parents, when they split, my mom moved back to Memphis. So a, a lot of my um, elementary time, you know, childhood, I was spent there in New Orleans and I split time between there and New Orleans. I mean, I spent time in Memphis, and I spent time doing that in New Orleans. Then high school, I mainly spent majority of my years um, in New Orleans until the twelfth grade, which um, Hurricane Katrina hit. So, um, my family, uh, we were a part of it. We evacuated the city, and I ended up um, spending my twelfth grade year in New Orleans, where I went to Germantown High School, and I played um, basketball there. I ended up playing, um, so I played my high school basketball. We at the time a freshman Ian Clark, he ended up playing in the NBA. Um in that league. Um I played well with JP Prince, who ended up playing at the University of Tennessee. Um I'm trying to think who else played in our um, league. Sergio Caruso, he played at Western Kentucky, but he ended up playing like overseas for um a good amount of time. Um I played with Pierre uh, Pierre Henderson Niles. He played at the University of Memphis on the 2018 when they had Derrick Rose. Um, um, my, my teammate, who has passed away, rest in peace, um, Jarmel Jones, he was the manager on that team. The mm-hmm. 2018 that um, went to the um, National Championship game. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I got a chance to meet, like, um, a bunch of those guys. They had Willie Kemp was on that team. Um, I met him a few times. One of my teammates at the um, at Germantown, he walked on on a team um, a few years later. James Harvey, he walked on at University of Memphis. So I love Memphis basketball, like in general, not just the University of Memphis, but Memphis hoops. The, the hoop scene there is um, 
it's legit. It's like one of like the I would say um underground. Not underground. A lot of people just don't know like how big basketball is in Memphis. It's a big part of like the fabric of like the city. Like and not like, you got football cities and football states, but like Memphis is for sure a basketball town, especially like grassroots basketball. So like AAU, EYBL, like the leagues, they're like a very big deal there in the city. And everybody and then University of Memphis in the area is for sure a destination. So it's like you want to end up at the University of Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get to go to University of Memphis and you're from, like, the Mid-South area, that's a big deal there. Yeah. Uh, when you think of all the powerhouse of cities that produces a lot of basketball players, you think of L.A., you think of New York, um, you think of Philly, you don't hear nothing about Memphis like that. And, and, and maybe that's because, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't really know about the hoop scene down in Memphis until you – name all the names and you just what you just said so you know i can see memphis being that underground hoop scene where nobody really don't know about unless you from that mid-south left you from there that's yeah, insane you from the mid-south area you for sure know because a lot of the players are not like penny hardaway is the big superstar that people know penny hardaway's name but memphis has like a lot of guys who make nba rosters or who like a long time NBA vets? Yes, like, yes. That, like if you, like you know the name Thaddeus Young. Yes, Thaddeus Young came out of my class, my my um, the same year as me. He played in Mitchell High School. He's from um, he's from Memphis. He's actually from he actually is like the same as me. He grew up in um, he was born in New Orleans, and his um, his like cause his sister she played at um, UNO. I got a chance to um, I didn't met his sister a couple times, but he played at Mitchell High School in Memphis and now he's had like a long NBA career. And it's like a bunch of other guys who like have played like um, college, you know, like big time college basketball. I can't think of like every every individual guy who's like played um, in like the NBA, but it's like a few. Like you see them around town and they all have like their own teams like locally and everything like that, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I remember, and I'm glad you brought that up, with the Derrick Rose-led Memphis team that went to the uh, National Championship, which they should have won, my no, I should well, say. Well, well, Mario they should have won. Mario, can't say that name. And he actually played for, like, the Grizzlies for, like, a little bit after that. It's crazy that yeah. he, uh, Mario Thomas played for the Grizzlies. Yeah, he did. Coach Cal should have won his first championship there in Memphis. Look, I was rooting for them guys, man. I mean, you know, like I said, like, Memphis, to me, always been that team where if they had the right coach, they will always they, they'll take off. I always felt that way. I mean, they were back in the 80s and the 90s, they were somewhat a powerhouse because they had the big one, the biggest super stars and Penny Hardaway. Lorenzo was Lorenzo. good too after that. Yeah. Like they nah. had Lorenzo. Then like they always Memphis is always like one of those teams like they like are like a bubbling like not they always have a good basketball team as far as like competitive where they can probably like beat the beat one of the best teams or they can get like one of the best teams or run for their money. But they will, you know what I'm saying, like a sweet 16 like kind of team. And if like if they if it's the right year, they could kind of go all the way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When I think of Memphis basketball, honestly, I always think of Lorenzo Wright because to me, he he was, is to this day, Memphis basketball. That's no disrespect towards Penny because you said he was, he was a big star. Everybody knew that Penny was going to be uh, 
the NBA player. Everybody knew he was he was that dude. Lorenzo Wright was that dude, but Lorenzo Wright embodied embroiled what Memphis basketball was all about. And I followed his career from he played with the Clippers, he played with the Atlanta Hawks, and he carved a nice career out. I'll be, I'll be, I'll say this. I had high hopes for him when he got drafted into the pros. I thought that he was going to be a star player. It didn't turn out that way, but he became a really good player. And yeah, he was definitely yeah. a big player. And he, and he, like I said, he covered a nice career. He came back home and played for the Grizzlies. But what Lorenzo Wright means to that city, that's what I think of. Because he was, he was Memphis. And unfortunately, it's sad that, you know, his life was cut short. But to me, Lorenzo Wright is Memphis basketball. The people love Lorenzo Wright down there. Yeah, for sure. They just retired his number, man. They Like I think, like a few weeks ago, they retired his number. Yes, they did, man. You know, so tell me about the impact, man. You know, Lorenzo Wright down when you was there, his impact on the city and the community of Memphis. Never met Lorenzo Wright, but... For sure, when that um when that happened to him, when that killing happened, that was like a big. It became a big national story. A lot of people got involved with that. Uh, so it was like all kind of theories, and so that was definitely like something that really like shook that community to have. You know, because in Memphis, Tennessee, the University of Memphis players are like they're like stars. You know, like they're stars to like the local. And this has been going on. You know, Lorenzo Wright was like a player like in the '90s, but this has been going on in the '60s and the '70s. Like from the teams in the '60s, you got like Larry Finch. Yeah, big name you know in the 70s um i forget is it andre turner maybe andre turner played in the 80s they got man they got just so many guys i can't even think of like i know larry keenan he's like another big one so it's like throughout all these different decades you got these guys and like definitely lorenzo was one of those guys so um he means a lot to people of a particular age group you know but who watched those guys in the night you gotta remember man the night i'm like a little kid i mean you know i was like a little kid so i didn't catch on with memphis basketball like that as like a um as a kid I caught on to Penny Hardaway because he was a star, and I knew he played at Memphis basketball. But and you really have, like, um, diehard Memphis basketball fans, like, in that city. Because you also think Memphis is a city that didn't have a pro team. So, like, being a college basketball fan was, a was like, a very big deal. You know, the Grizzlies are, like, a rather new thing. I think, like, in the early 2000s, yes. they came to, came to the city, you know, so – you know, having um, like Memphis basketball was like the show. Oh, yeah. So imagine, imagine that, you know what I'm saying? You have the show and then a the guy, I don't know what, Lorenzo Wright was like the third pick. He was the first overall pick, but no, no, he, was no. Definitely like a, he was a top five NBA pick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was like, a, he was a top five pick. So yeah, that's a big, that's a, that's a major loss for the city. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So let's go down that list of foreign Memphis, Memphis players. We have. Of course, we already mentioned Lorenzo Wright. We mentioned Penny Hardaway. Uh, we also have Rodney Carney, Tyreek Evans. Forgot about hey, that dude. Chris Douglas Roberts. Chris Douglas Roberts, Sylvester Gray, DJ Stevens, Cedric Henderson. Yeah, DJ um, Stevens. He was like, he one of the younger ones, yeah. Uh, yeah, Henderson. I mean, I, I didn't miss that a couple, Sam Henderson a couple times. He old here, but like they would open up the gym. They'll play over at Ridgeway High School, so... Like, when they had their runs and stuff like that, they'll want to play against some of the younger guys. I got the opportunity, the chance, the blessing, really, to be a part of some of their runs. But they run with the same team. Like, I didn't play against Penny, actually. Penny play, um, he's a play like a pro-am team. And, like, Penny play with all them dudes. And they play with the same five dudes. Like, Penny, like, one of his brothers, I think his brother's name is Fred. Uh-huh. Um, Cedric Henderson. Um, Ty Day. Ty Day played at, um, he's from Memphis. He played at University of Arkansas. 
He played for the Boston Celtics. Yes, he, yes, so he, he did. Yep, he would run with them. Actually, my um, one of my best friends, he was an assistant coach under Ty Day. With Ty Day, he coaches now at Philander Smith. So, um, yeah, I got a chance to play with those guys. I'm trying to man. Who else? Sean, go run uh, down some. Go run down some of them names. Shawnee Williams. Oh, Sean, uh, Sean Williams. Yeah, Sean Williams. Yeah, he he'll run around the city too. He's from he's from Memphis. Sean uh, Williams was really like. They consider Sean like really probably like one of the most talented players out of Memphis for real. Like he like a six seven, six eight um swing man. He played in the NBA for like a long uh for a long oh, yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And we also got uh the De- uh Dewan Wagner. I remember him. Yeah, Dewan Wagner was yeah, yeah Dewan yeah, Wagner. He was cold. He was cold. He was not in college. He from he's from Jersey. He's from Jersey. That was like one of Coach Calipari's like first big recruits. Yes. Was um Dewan Wagner when he yeah. came? He came from UMass. Dewan Wagner was like the dude who put who put Calipari name in everybody's mouth. Basically, that mm-hmm. he got the Calipari's like they like how did Calipari get this dude to come to Memphis? And he tore he tore it up in Memphis for that one year. And he was a he was a high draft pick. Matter of fact, the year Dewan Wagner Dewan Wagner was there, if I'm not mistaken, they won the NIT. I think they want to go look that up. No, I'm the facts, man. Go look it up. I think they won the NIT with um Dewan Wagner on their team. Okay, you go do, do it. Go do a fact check real quick. I'll do that. And we got one more player who I kind of like, and because he's on my squad, uh, Jalen Duran. Oh, Jalen Duran, yeah, Jalen Jalen Duran. He was killing last year with the team. I felt like that team should have went far, far, further um last year, but they had like a lot of chemistry issues because a bunch of those guys. Uh, they're trying to get into the NBA, man. Like, that's the thing about, like, University of Memphis. University of Memphis always has talent that, you know, they want to be, like, one-and-done guys. Like, they try to use the platform of, like, University of Memphis to kind of get to where they're going, you know what I'm saying, real quick instead of, you know, you got to have that right coach that's going to bring about that chemistry to get them to all buy in. I feel like Penny, he's getting there. Like, he's he's getting that gravitas about himself to say, like, hey, man, you guys need to put us put aside y'all personal for a few years to be here. But right now, these first couple years, this is only his fifth year, these first couple years, he's been getting kind of guys who've been trying to just get there for, like, one year and get it done. They think that they, you know what I'm saying, they talent is good enough for them to all be one and done, you know? And it's not true. Like, it's infamous. I know you're going to talk you from Michigan, but I don't want to lead you to the next thing. We're going to talk about, you know, you know what I'm saying? The the late the latest guy who did that, who tried to do that. <laughs> All right. And actually you was they won the uh NIT in two thousand two. They won it in two thousand two. Was Dewan Wagner on the team? Yes. Yeah, hey, I'm t- bro, I know my stuff, bro. <laughs> I know my stuff. Oh, yeah, you do. So we're gonna talk about the current squad right now, uh, because you know they're sitting third place in their conference. With a six and two record, only Houston and Tempo's ahead. They won their latest game as they was I pull it up right here. They beat SMU 9984. Uh, this team, you know, has a very opportunity to make some noise here, not only in their conference tournament, they also got a chance to make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And low key, you know, the Memphis Tigers are under the count. I ain't gonna say they under the radar. Um, that just say that they want those teams where they're a sleeper and they can do some damage. Um, yeah, I think they're a sleeper. I think they, I think they would have been ranked 
they lost a game this year to Seton Hall on a crazy last-second shot. They lost game 70-69. I feel like if they would have won that game, and they went to they had a game, they went to double overtime a few weeks ago with UCF, and they lost by three points. If they win those two games, they're for sure a ranked team. Because, you know what I'm saying, that would have been a quiet two, a quiet one win. The UCF game would have been a quiet one win for them because they were on the road playing a game UCF team. Like, UCF had just played, like, University of Houston the week before and lost by, like, six points. You know what I'm saying? So if they if they win that game versus UCF at their house, they and, and they win that game versus Seton Hall, which that was a crazy – dude made a crazy – like, if you watch the game, dude made a crazy backboard shot to beat them by one point. If they win those two games, they're for sure a ranked team because they beat Auburn. They beat Auburn when Auburn was ranked in the top ten. They lost to Alabama when Alabama was ranked number three. They lost to Alabama by three points. They beat Texas A&M, and Texas A&M right now is third in the SEC. Um, and the other, like, they lost to St. Louis, which that's not even a bad loss because I think St. Louis is number two in the Atlantic Ten. So, and they beat VCU, who is leading the Atlantic Ten. So, I mean, they got some. They got some quality wins on their schedule. And they, you know what I'm saying? They beat and they beat basically everybody who they supposed to beat. Yeah, so they, all like the 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 opponents that they and they didn't beat, they haven't lost to anybody who they were supposed to beat. Yeah. They have some good wins. Then their best win it was Arbor. But the even their losses, you know, uh to Seton Hall about one, Texas A and M about four. They were close games and they were in those games. So they, now they really beat Texas and they bought they lost to UCF by three. Yeah, yeah, that. But they don't have any bad losses. So I to me, I know they're gonna be in the tournament. And I'm actually I'm looking forward to they when they play Cincinnati again, when they play SMU, when they play Houston twice in the towards the end of the season. They smashed, they just smashed SMU, but earlier this week. Yeah, they did. They beat them. I want to say what was the score? 99-84. So yeah. they got Tulane, they got South Florida, they got Temple home, they got UCF home, they got Houston home, Wichita State, Cincinnati home. They actually go to Wichita State. They got at SMU home against Cincinnati, and they finish up their regular season home against Houston, in which I know you got to go to one of those Houston games, my brother. I know you. Oh, have to hey, be we're gonna go to the SMU game. We're gonna go, we're gonna kick it, we're gonna we're gonna go out, then I'm gonna get a couple tickets, we're gonna go to the game, watch the game, probably or we go to like a sports bar or whatever, like that, you know, mingle, like oh, we get, well, get a couple drinks. I'm all in for going to the SMU game now. I ain't never gonna turn that down. I mean, this is college basketball. This is what I love, so we ain't gonna turn down that. Yeah, right, yeah. We're we gonna go to that game. But for uh sure, for sure. we go to the SMU game, bro. Yeah. So I don't know too much about uh Miss their best player here. I w- I want to say it's Kendrick Davis. I don't know too much about him. All I know is he's he's been balling. So tell us about him. Is he is he truly their best player? Man, Kendrick Davis. I was talking about this man. Kendrick Davis is one of the best players in um college basketball. I think he like he he's a scoring guard, but he more like a. I feel like he got like some Chris Paul potential, bro. Like I mean, he's gonna. I feel like he'll be drafted in the um he'll be drafted. I don't know with being a four-year, five-year player, it's funny in the NBA because they like to draft a lot on potential. But he got all, he got the whole package. He got like all the Euros. He got the handle. He can control the offense. He's basically like he run the whole offense for Memphis. He got a um, he got all the moves. Like his jumps, as far as the three-point jump shot, 
I think he only like shooting like in the he's shooting in the low 30s. So that's like average. You know what I'm saying? That's average for the NBA level. I know like with a guard his size, they want, you know what I'm saying, to be more of a shooter the thing because he's scoring a lot on the interior. Like he drives a lot to the basket. He's a heady player. So he knows how to um draw the fouls. And he knows okay. how to, you know, so he got like a mean, he got a mean Euro. He got okay. a mean Euro. So he understand like he understands the game, you know what I'm saying, drawing contact. But um I I really think he's kind of like the He's like the perfect like league guard and for like college basketball. He kind of remind me more of a like Kimball Walker, Shabazz, Shabazz Napier types mm-hmm. when they, they control the whole offense. Like Kimball, I think he got the keg. I think he got Kimball potential. But like to have Kim, Kimball, that's like an NBA. That's like the best thing I can really compare him to. That's almost like an NBA superstar. Yeah, if he, if he got the, you know what I'm saying, if he got that Kimball, he got that Kimball in him. He got it. Like I feel like he got a knockdown more. I, I look at his. Mid-range game and his um his three-point game, he's like one of the players that I don't feel like it's consistent. I feel like when he on, they unbeatable, basically. But like some games he off, but he's smart enough to know how to get to the basket and use his body. And he then he get the calls. So if if he off if he got an off shoot night and he's not getting the calls, it's not gonna be a good night for Memphis. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But if he got a, if it's an on shoot night. It's oh like nobody can beat them. <laughs> nobody can beat them, bro. Okay, and for those who don't know who Kimball Walker is, you can check out his highlights on YouTube. When especially when he played with the UConn Huskies during his college days, check out his work. Not just during the regular season, but during the the uh, Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. When the lights were on, he shined like a star. He shined like a true superstar. I will never forget that game versus. I think that was Pitt. When he laid boy out, he put big boy on the ground. Down. Boy. Oh boy! <laughs> or I, was it? Was it that? Uh, I think it was either. I think it was Syracuse when he went. They went to three overtimes. I think. I, I don't know if it was. I think I got to look at. It. I don't think. I think it was Syracuse, but that was yeah, one of the best the games. Tournament. Why they beat everybody? I mean, the biggest tournament. Like they had to win the tournament, and he won like six straight games. Yeah. Then they now they won like. They won the Big East tournament. Then after that, he won. They won every game in the NCAA tournament. They won the championship. Yep. And like I said, when the lights were on, he shined at his best. Yeah. That's so I think, I think Kendrick got that. He got. He got to have that Kendrick. He got to have that Kimball Walker. You know that, that if he can play like that, then he can lead Memphis to the NCAA championship. I think that's kind of like it may be far fetched for him to get that far because I feel like they kind of hurting in the rebounding department. One of their best big is is. He like he got like a little ankle injury. They small in the backcourt. They don't got like another big guard. Like they don't got like another big forward. Like they got DeAndre Williams, who's the oldest player in college basketball right now, and he's a very good player, like NBA potential type player. But he's trying to fill in too many gaps. It's like they got him playing power forward, center, small forward at six nine. They don't got another scoring player like him. The next biggest player they got who's a scoring player is this guy, uh, um, Elijah McCadden, who played at Georgia Southern, who's about 6'5". So he's really like a two-guard, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they got him playing like the three. So it's like the side, like the side's not there. But what Memphis make up for it is that they got the quickness because they got a small backcourt. They got Alex Lomax. He's hurt right now. But when like when he's on the floor, he about six foot. When he's on the floor, he's the best defensive guard in college basketball. Like, the dude is – he, like, third in the nation in steals. 
So he like swiping the ball. He like everywhere. Like they put the pre- like when Memphis put the press on you, this little dude is air- like he's everywhere. It's like they they trap in the backcourt. If you try to wherever that next pass going, he's jumping the passing lane. If you get the ball, he's snatching it from behind. They got one of them kind of guards on their team, bro. Okay. So it's like they press is that na- they press is nasty. It's like so and for like college basketball, they got a they definitely got a good like defensive team as far as like on the scoring side. It's like the size size is going to be a problem for them. They like a smaller speedy type team, you know. Yeah, and which is kind of surprising to me because you know. I want to say even last season they had a lot of size. In the season before then, they had a lot of size. I mean, they had bigs that were athletic and good. I mean, we talking about James Wiseman. We talking about Jalen Duran. You know, they had a lot of guys. You know, who has size, who can pull, who can rebound. And just by you saying, you know, they're a smaller team, it's kind of shocking. I feel like if they're a small team, though. It's like you know, the recruits go up and down. Like yeah, they they were lucky. They got Jalen Duran last year. That was a godsend for them to get him. But it's like you never know what like I feel like in the recruiting landscape, you don't know who's gonna become available for you. And then you know, it's like, I just feel like that. Like I think they try to get the size. They try to get it like on for transfers. And I, I, just, I just don't think Penny was able. I feel like Penny right now as a recruiter is definitely able to get the um guards. The guard he get them to buy into what he said because of who he is like he's Penny Hardaway, six seven point guard prototype for that player. You know what I'm saying like. Penny Hardaway literally is like LeBron before LeBron. He's like yeah. Magic Johnson. Like he's, you know what I'm saying? He's like the, that player. So a player of that type is going to look at it as like, man, this guy didn't did it and he can get me to where I want to go. So like wings, guards, he going to get those type of players. Like a big, you know, it's, I feel like when you get one, it's like, man, it's like, you better, you got to hold on to him. But he's got good ones, but he doesn't got one and done. You got to get like guys who are going to commit to the program. We're going to stay there for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that because here's my issue with the guys like Penny Hardaway and Juwan Howard and Petra Ewing is that they're former NBA players who know the game, who know how to coach the game, is that when they go on the recruiting trail and these players know who they are, you know, they they see their, they know who they are as former basketball players. My only concern is how they develop players because you're right, Penny Hardaway can get any point guard, any shooting guard, any small forward. But once you bring them to your program, how you develop them. And a lot of times, like you said, a lot of these players don't stay long. They want it done. They out the door. And I kind of feel that hurts them because they don't get that time to uh, develop those players. In fact, my only my other concern is they don't keep those players. I mean, to me, you know, when you got Penny Hardaway, who's been in the league, who's been there, done that, I think he knows when a player is ready to go pro or not. And the simple fact that a lot of the player, a lot of his a lot of the players like Imoni Bates who transferred. Basically, hey, Money Bates wasn't trying to hear that, bro. Yeah, I know. He wasn't trying to hear that. But see, my, my only problem with that was that, yo, if he if Imoni Bates could do all over again, I truly believe he'll stay at Memphis. But when you got parents always interfering and, and with interfering in the child's development, like you know, Penny know what's best for the, that boy, that young man. <laughs> Just relax. I kind of feel that those when they recruit, I, I truly believe they need to start going after guys who's gonna be in their program three or four years. But these guys, it's like the money and the hype and everything like that. I, I don't know why Imani Bates left. I mean, the money there now, it's like you got the NIL, you could put it on the on the table, like in front of everybody. So I know that you're getting your you get you're getting your money, bro. It's like it's something you come that's coming your way. Mm-hmm. It's just about 
the showcasing of the, the the individual. Amani, he chose a smaller school where he could showcase, or he could just be the man, basically. Because he could have been, if he'd have waited, he didn't stay in Memphis, he would be the man this year. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me clear it up for you, man. So when he left Memphis, he wanted to go to Michigan. Dwan Howard didn't want him because he didn't want that extra baggage with yeah. him. Now, what I, I mean, like I said, now I don't want to put anybody out there, his father. He didn't want the interference from his father. He didn't want that LeVar Ball type of situation. So, so yeah, he could have went to Michigan, and he should have stayed at Memphis. But now he's moving for Eastern Michigan, and they're decent, they're good. He's making them irrelevant. But it's not the same because if you look at his stock, when he was at Memphis, I kid you not, this kid was a top five pick, and now he's at Eastern Michigan. They talking about he's a second round pick on the borderline yep. of going undrafted. He hooping for a loser, bro. Like they, I mean, and I mean, we do that. Look, he gonna all right. Look at the glass half full. Like you know, you wish you hope the best for anybody. You know, and then. Mm-hmm. He gonna, he's going to play pro basketball somewhere. Yeah. You know, so it's not like, you know what I'm saying? He said he's going to play pro basketball somewhere. But it's just like the mentality of somebody with that type of talent, you know what I'm saying, to go to places like you're not really, you're not contributing to winning at all. It's like he's not affecting them winning at all. Like No, he's not. They still, well, what they, they got four wins on a year and they almost 20 losses, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's not, it's not showing that you can be a winner for sure. It's not showing that you can be a part of winning. So how that's going to work out for him at the the next level or wherever he is, I mean, it's yet to be seen. I kind of feel like, you know, guys like Imani Bates, Imani Bates, excuse me, as good as he is, I kind of feel he went to the G League because I was afraid that something like this was going to happen. And personally, you know, I would have stayed at Memphis because you, you're playing for a guy who played the one and the two position and sometimes the three who can score at any, at any time. He can dish the ball. He can improve your game if you listen to him. He can help you get to the next step if you listen to him. To me, it's just one of those things where, you know, young people, young players, you know, they think about the money and they think their game is okay. But what we don't realize is that their game is still immature and they have to work on it. And, and I'm big on that. So yeah, he, honest with you, bro, dude wasn't hooping like at Memphis, like when he wasn't, when it was going bad for him in Memphis, you know, he's, you know, he had the phantom injury. He wanted to sit out and, you know, Penny, he did it the right thing. Like he didn't just hand the reins over to Imani last year. It's like, you know, you got to find your way in the lineup. You know, he had Landers, Landers, Nolly, who's not a leading scorer at Cincinnati. Yeah, him start over Imani, you know what I'm saying? Which I get that. That's dude. He a freshman. He a junior. Landers can shoot the pill off the ball. He's a proven player. It's like you know he gonna start. You gonna you need to come in and show me what you can give off the bench. You're not just about to be. You know what I'm saying? Just get all the tick and all the minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, shoot, yeah. Shoot us out the game. Yeah, and actually, I can say this though about Landers. When I seen him play last year against Gonzaga in the uh, NCAA tournament, he showed up. Yeah, he, sure. he showed hey, up big time. Imani showed up too. It wasn't like that. It's just that it's chemistry, man. It's like in basketball, really, you only can have eight, nine players go and you need the guys who can play. Like, basketball is all about a rhythm. It's all about chemistry. It ain't the fact that, do I think Landers Nolly at the end of the day is going to be a better, is a better pro prospect than Imani Bates? No. He's, you know, Imani Bates 6'7 with a handle. You know what I'm saying? He got a jumper, but is Landers Nolly like a better fit? Like, he know exactly what Penny want him to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Imani coming there trying to freestyle it, you know what I'm saying? And Imani made, you know what I'm saying? He needs shots to get warmed up. Now, once he get warm, you know what I'm saying? He needs these shots to get 
warmed up, but dang, we may be 10 points down, 15 points by the time, you know what I'm saying? Now you about to put on a show. It's like, and that's what, I feel like that's what's happening at Eastern, you know what I'm saying? At Eastern Michigan, it's like, yeah, once you get, you know what I'm saying? You get warmed up, you get some shots up, we may be down, and then now you about to put on a show. Yeah, you could put up 29 in a row, but you know what I'm saying? We didn't lock, we, we, we losing the game. the game. Right. <laughs> so I got, I got a question for you before, before I ask you that question, I was going to say this. Uh, I kind of felt that Memphis got screwed when the NCAA uh, ruled James Wiseman uh, ineligible. I kind of felt that if he would have played, I think Memphis would would not only got to the NCAA championship, I kind of felt they might would have won. And I also, and I also I also felt that, you know, it's just one of those things where they just got screwed. <laughs> I was going to put it like that. And two, my question to you is, what's your outlook for the rest of the season for this young team? Oh, the whole James Wiseman situation, yeah, it was weird. I feel like um, Penny is like in a unique situation because Penny had um, an EYBL team. Penny was coaching high school basketball, so he had genuine relationships with those kids before. Like, James Wiseman didn't just come to Memphis from Penny recruiting him from afar. Penny had been grooming him for like four four years before he got realized, bro. He played with Penny for three years or um, two or three years at East. Penny knew him from the EYBL circuit because he's from Nashville. It's not somebody who he just plucked from like Eastern, like Seattle, Washington or like, you know what I'm saying? This is like a local, this is a dude he been knowing. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, when he's like, he helped the family out and everything like that, it's like, I don't think that's outside of the norms of what he was allowed to do. Penny just is a person, he also got to understand Penny is like, he's active there like in the city of Memphis. He's somebody who is accessible, especially in the basketball scene. I didn't ran into Penny Hardaway several times, like being at, he, he owns a gym there. So it's like, if you're on the basketball scene there, he's like somebody who's accessible. So I don't feel like what was going on was something that was malicious or was necessarily, you know what I'm saying, wrong with, you know what I'm saying, money exchanging hands with, with a player. Like, what do you think is going like? He's helping, he's funding this team. You know what I'm saying? If he, the kid wants to move to this, um, the, the city, the parent wants to move there and stuff like that, I don't, you know, nothing is necessarily like wrong. You know, he can do, you know what I'm saying, do what he want, do what he want um, in that in that capacity, bro. He's helping, you know, the basket, basketball players. And, and even if it is just the elite players, it's like, that's what the EYBL circuit is, the elite of the elite. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, I don't feel like everybody should be, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, Penny Stark went, you know, he didn't get in trouble with Alex. You gotta understand, Alex Lomax has been with him since middle school. The guy who's a senior now, he's been with us since middle school. We're not saying Penny getting in trouble with all these guys he's been coaching for like all that time. He brought, everyone know why he was bringing James in. And James, they understood that from the beginning. That's why I feel like now it's just better in the NIL times where like you could just get these players' his money up front because everybody know what's going on anyway with a player like that. You know what I'm saying? You know that it's like some exchange for, you know what I'm saying? You'll see, like he got big, James Wiseman have big talent. But right. also you got to understand Penny was protecting them dudes from, you know what I'm saying? East High School is just a public high school, man. It's not no private school or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they have some of these schools that's like funneling kids in and they taking care of like, like a Sierra Canyon out in California where it's like, man, this is just a school that's created for stars and for these kids to just for them to funnel money to them, for them to pay for their whole education and everything like that. East High yeah. School is like a, just a normal public high school there. You got a star like Penny Hardaway is that is the head coach. You know what I'm saying? He's giving back to like a lot of kids just by, you know what I'm saying, being there, being in their presence anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? He he basically is a guardian for a sense in for James. When James is there playing high school basketball. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this making sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense. And it just don't make sense to the NCAA. That's all. It but makes the NCAA, sense to me. Like, they, got, they got archaic rules, man. Like the rules, you know, they trying to, they want these kids, that this whole amateur status type thing, but everybody else around the game is making money. Everybody around the game is making money. Why shouldn't the kid benefit in any way? And the kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Penny has the resources to 
for this kid to benefit in some type of way, then I, I don't necessarily see a problem with it. They want to try to compare a James Wiseman to like the average kid, but he's not the average, the average kid. You know no, no, he's not. He's not yeah. the average kid, man. Just call, call a spade a spade, man. It's just it's just what it is. You're not comparing him, you know what I'm saying? He, you're not comparing him to the average kid. So it's like, it, it's not like he getting rich off of Penny, just Penny. He getting rich off of his talent at some point. He's going to get rich. He's getting rich off his own talent. He's right. getting, getting this off his own talent. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like not, I, I just don't, I don't see nothing. I don't see what, I don't see nothing wrong with it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see nothing wrong with it from the beginning. They just saying that because Penny was a booster at the University of Memphis prior, he got hired as, he got hired as the head coach off, you know, of being Penny Hardaway and off his success, you know? So it's like, they trying hey. to tie to get the fact that he's a booster at University of Memphis. Then James Wiseman comes to the University of Memphis. He came there because Penny, even though Penny, even Penny as a high school coach was, he's always going to be a booster at University of Memphis because he's a former player for the University of Memphis. He's the biggest, one of the, the most recognizable alum from the University of Memphis. He gives back to his school. It's just, it's just a special situation. Like Memphis with Penny Hardaway is a special situation. It's, you know, I felt like, and they didn't see it as such. You know, you get what I'm saying? It's not yeah, like Penny from somewhere outside the blue. It'd be different if it's like, he tried, like this situation, like he set this situation up for it to be like this for him to position. Like, okay, like a lot of kids, like you got like Kansas or whatever, where they have, they're funded by Adidas. So basically Adidas is pouring money into the school. So therefore all Adidas athletes or these athletes are paying more attention to Kansas because they're funded by Adidas. So therefore... They're going to try to funnel those kids to a school where they're funded by so they can give them the money. That's not the situation that's going on right here. <laughs> Penny went to the University of Memphis. He lives in Memphis. He coaches high school basketball in Memphis. Therefore, kids who play for him in Memphis are more likely going to follow him just like every coach. Like, that happens everywhere. Well, yeah. if a coach, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. His kid followed him to where to he To Memphis. Went. Yeah. To Memphis. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nah, it's, not, it's not like they have other options. They just chose to go with the guy who's been there for them. So he, they chose to go to Memphis. Yeah, you feel you, yeah. you, you, you feel what I'm saying, though. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, I feel you. Memphis, I feel you. That was always the issue, anyway. Why people felt like before. See, I was there. I was in Memphis during that transition. For Penny was the head coach at Memphis. It seemed like it was almost a pipe dream for the University of Memphis to actually get him as a coach. But they saw that how he was basically building a grassroots empire. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, also, the other big team is two big grassroots teams in Memphis. It's Team Thad and it's Team Penny. Basically, he, team, team Penny was getting every recruit in the Mid-South area, whether it was like North Mississippi, Arkansas, whatever. He had all them guys already playing for him. He wanted to coach the University Memphis like that. He just like, you know, he was a, a, a high. From there, it transitioned. It, it was like a trend. It's like even Tubby Smith was the coach right before Penny. Tubby Smith was coach. Tubby Smith was so threatened by, by Penny because none of the recruits wanted to come play for Tubby. Nobody wanted to come play for Tubby. He couldn't get a local recruit because they were all loyal to Penny. And that's how, that's how Penny got the job at University of Memphis from actually doing the work on the grassroots level, getting all these players to come play for Team Penny. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's to me, that's like you said, man, that's a pipe. Line. You know, when you work your butt off in the grassroots, you become head coach, and every player that you have coached, every player that you have seen, like, oh, oh, Coach Penny in Memphis. Oh, that's where I'm going. And exactly. that's, that's, where I'm going. that's where I'm going. I mean, why would I go somewhere else where I can go to a guy who knows how to play me and use me the right way? Yeah. I don't need going real. I'm going to go right here to Memphis. Oh, and, and he's in that backyard. Yeah, I'm good. And his yeah, thing with him. He's building a fence. The same thing that Jawan Howard is doing in Michigan. That's what Penny is doing. 
doing in Memphis. Basically, he building a fence around the city. So if you can hoop, if you are a high-level recruit in Memphis, Tennessee, it is no way that you're not going to the University of Memphis. Got, they, as long as Penny there, the, the best players are going to Memphis. Matter of fact, the, the locally, the best players have been, over the last few years, it was the Lawson boys. All four Lawson boys that played the University of Memphis. Diedrich, KJ, Chandler, and now the youngest, Johnny. Both both them on the team right now. And whoever come up out of Memphis now, they going to the University of Memphis. It's just, it's, you, don't even, you, you might as well not come and waste your time trying to recruit them. Nah, you're nah, wasting nah. your time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it, it like, it's just like Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard almost, well, Juwan Howard don't have a, a complete fence around the city, Detroit, because Tom Izzo still go in there. He still get the uh, top recruits in Detroit, but Juwan Howard is on his tail on that because now he's, Juwan Howard's out here just going crazy on the recruiting trail from Detroit to St. Louis, wherever. I mean, if you're big and Juwan Howard knocks on your door, just prepare to go to Michigan. But yeah. um, but I love what Penny's doing down in Memphis. And, and to me, you know, that was the right hire after Tubby Smith. And we're going to finish this up talking about Memphis Tigers basketball because we're going to move on to the Grizzlies is that okay. what's your complete outlook for this year's team? What's your expectation right now? For the, for the Grizzlies? No, for the uh, Tigers. Oh, what's your expectation? The- yeah. But here on out. What's they, I feel like they make it to the Sweet 16. They had a good year, man. Okay. I, I, if they make it to the Elite 8, they had an excellent year. But it's like if they make it to the Sweet 16, they had a great year with this team. I expect them. They play Tulsa tomorrow. I'm watching that game, man. They're going to knock off Tulsa. I want them to at least I want them to at least beat Houston one time in the regular season. I will hope my hope was that they will win the AAC, the, the AAC tournament. That'll be my hope. Okay. But I mean, even if they you know they make it to the NCAA tournament, they make it to the Sweet 16. I feel like they had a um good year because I feel like their team is limited as far as like on size, but they got like a lot of heart and they got, you know, they got these speedy guards, but they limited on size. So it also matter about like the matchup, man, because they got a big, they got bigs who can compete, but you know what I'm saying? If one of they main they starters getting foul trouble, they have no depth on as far as big. They have no right. depth. It's like no, they don't have the they not deep. It's not even just big, but it's like even um like wing type players, like small forwards. Mm-hmm. They got one, they got one utility player, but like they got DeAndre Williams, who is a star NBA level type player. But if he can foul trouble, like I think they record with him when he don't foul out of games, it's 12 and 1. If he foul out, it's like it's it's shaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if yeah. he don't foul out the games and they gonna win, like they're gonna compete with any, but they can if DeAndre Williams don't get in foul trouble, they can compete with any team in the country. So you know, mm-hmm. when it's like that, when when it's like that, it's it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's shaking. You only got one. Because when you need those guys, that, you know, six, eight, six, six, nine guys who can kind of handle the ball or whatever, and they limited on those type of players. But they got they got guards like crazy. Oh, yeah, they do. That's that's what's up, man. And we won't we gonna catch that Houston game. But actually, we gonna catch both of those games. We might have to go to a local bar and watch those games. So yeah. let's move on to the other team in town who also got the hearts of the city, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. For sure, green grind. Are they gonna get to the Western Conference Finals this year? I hope so. I hope they get to the NBA Finals. Um, the game came on the other day. I was like, blah. The game came on them and the Warriors the other day. I'm like, blah. I'm not really that big into the rivalry until it gets time to playoff time because I really don't feel like Memphis is yet on the Warriors level yet. Like to even be doing all that chirping and everything like that. It's like, bro, you gotta y'all gotta win some y'all gotta win some games. The Warriors improved a lot. You know Hold what on. I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm say this, man, because uh, I seen this before, and and I, I, this is about Memphis sport, Memphis basketball. But I'm gonna do a little comparison here to. The Memphis Grizzlies to the Detroit Pistons uh, back in the 80s. The Pistons couldn't get over the hum. They couldn't beat Boston. It, they couldn't. No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't beat Boston when it counts. What I mean is that they couldn't beat me in the postseason. They had them one year. And then, as we know, Isaiah Thomas uh, threw a bad pass. Bird intercepted through the DJ layup game, ball game, over. Um, and after that, you know, Boston just beat the crap out of them. They 
They beat what, what, I, what, what, what I'm they, saying. They, is, lost, what, they what, lost that year, but then they they beat them the next year to win the NBA championship. Right. To go but, to, but, to the finals. But, but see, they played Boston two. I think when I, if I remember right, three years in a row. Okay. The last time they played, yeah, they finally beat them. The, the two years before, they couldn't do it. What I'm saying is that the Memphis Grizz has taken their lump in the postseason against the Golden State Warriors. It ain't about when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. To me, be honest with you, it ain't about what they do the record season. We all know John Miranda boys. They're gonna be chirping. They're gonna be excited. They're gonna talk trash and they're gonna show up. It ain't about what they do in the first round because we know they're gonna do their thing. It's about when you play the Golden State Warriors, the team that you've been trying to beat for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> this has got to be the year. And and, yeah. and and a lot of times when I look at the Memphis Grizzlies, I think the thing that bothers me the most more than anything is that they're the same team that keeps coming back. They're the same. It's like they don't make changes to the squad. I mean, I love John Morant. He's their best player. Uh, Baines low key is balling when he's healthy. He's their he best. He ain't low shooter. key balling. He for sure for sure balling. I mean, I don't, look this this kid made himself to a good, very good player. He's, next year he should be an All Star player. Jaron Jackson Jr. I like him. He's a question mark to me because he can never stay healthy. Steven he's Adam, the AD. He's like he, Anthony. Davis? He, he's built. Hey, like like Anthony Davis. Uh, <laughs> Steven Adams, I got no problem with man. That's your guy. That's your guy in the middle. He's physical. He's tough. He's he's your protector. The Kiwi man. The, I, I just Aoush, I just Aoush, my brother. Aoush. Yeah. And when I look at that, when I look at this team, it's like something is missing from this team to finally get over the home and beat going to stay. It, it's 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 not coaching. It's not the style of play. It's not their tucker. They are tough. But it's about trading Dylan Brooks. I like Dylan Brooks. They feel like Dylan Brooks like the X factor. Like you know what I'm saying. Depending on he can shoot you in a game, he can shoot you out of the game. He got the right attitude. I mean, I don't necessarily think that. I think maybe it just maybe maturity. You know what I'm saying? Is this? I feel like I feel like they can do it. You know, and it's like, but you know what I'm saying? I feel like they can do it. They showing in the race. I feel like they can do it with the squad they have. Also, I feel like it, you know, John Mar- is gonna be on John Morant. John Morant. The one thing about him is his jump, his jump shot is shake. The rat game is nice. The rat game is like elite. Like he gonna score. You know what I'm saying? The jump shot shaking. It's gonna come down to making some. You know what I'm saying? Shots at some time. You know what I'm saying? But you know, he can attack the rim. Best of them. It's just I don't know. I think I get. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, I think it's like it's like putting it's, it's, it all to, uh, putting it all together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, so when the Pistons finally got beat Boston, Isaiah Thomas, you know, he, he was the leader of that team. He was the, the vocal guy on that team. But he also had other guys on that team, Bill Lambert, Rick Mahorn, John Sally, guys who were who were leaders of their own in their own right. But he had dogs on there, man. He had dogs. Memphis got everything. They need that one guy. It's like, to me, they need their Mark Aguirre. They need that one guy who can just come in off the bench and give you buckets. They need... They, no, the Pistons had Mark Aguirre and Vinny Johnson. They had guys who came in and just did their job. You had Dennis Rodman, a guy who just straight up do the dirty work. John Sattler, come in and do the dirty work. I'm going to give you some buckets. I'm going to get some rebound. I'm going to play some defense. They need that. Yeah, but who on, Especially, the, who, on the market, who on the trade market that they can get? Who going to come to, you know what I'm saying? Well, see, who can they? Well, see, sometimes, yeah, you have to make one trade for a guy who can just um, be that guy. But a lot of sometimes, though, you can find that guy on your bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the Memphis Grizzly has a young squad. And they got a lot of young players who can ball. They got players who are who on that bench who's willing to do anything and get in that game, do whatever they got to do. And they need that. They need those guys, especially against Golden State. This, this is the year that Golden State can be had. All right? You got... I felt like that even from last year, though. Like, I didn't... I'm not going to say the championship last year wasn't blue, but, you know, some of the big dogs, like Denver, it could have been... It should have been Denver's year, I felt like, but, you know, they had an injury to um, Jamal Murray. Phoenix had injuries. The Phoenix have injuries. No, Phoenix got knocked off by um, Dallas. the Pelicans. No. Oh, they got knocked off. Okay, the Pelicans they play them tough. They got knocked yeah. off by Dallas, and Dallas is like Dallas is not like a year away, but they like player. I feel like Dallas is they too much 
like um Houston with they're too much like Houston with um James, James Harden. Harden. Yeah, yeah. That, that Lucas, was... I feel like Lucas is a better player than James Harden, but they still, you know, because he gets better in the playoffs, but it's still that heliocentric offense. Yeah, like I, I feel like you just need a, I, I have to see it's just like almost like how the when the when it was the Warriors turn, but they were saying, man, a three-point shooting team can't really win a championship. I feel like somebody gotta prove it to me that they can win a um a championship with a um heliocentric offense. And I really feel like honestly, I don't really I still feel like a three-point shooting team really hasn't won an NBA championship. I feel like the, the Warriors are a special case. They're not really a three-point shooting team because they still score a majority of their points in the paint. Thank they, you. I'm glad you said that. Thank you yeah, for they saying use, that. They use the threat of the they use the threat of the three-point shot to get layup. Like to get like you got yeah, Iggy and Draymond. They they play tough defense. They use the threat of the three-point shoot, um, the three-point shooting to get layup, and then they bust the game open with crazy distance, you with crazy shooting. That's how they bust the game open is with the, the threes. But they keep they play inside to keep it close. It's like they match you with twos for a long time, and then just all of a sudden they just start raining threes. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they'll miss threes, but then it's like you know at a certain point in the game that even no matter where, they, where if you contest their shots or not, that they're gonna make them. Yeah, and here's why I say this is the year that Memphis should be able to take out Golden State. Number one, Draymond Green is not Draymond Green anymore. All right, what I mean by that, what hey. I mean, what I mean by that is, is that bro, he he's not, he's not calling like that. No, 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 oh no, 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 no. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm trying to say though, is that Draymond hey, Green, your old people. I'm not, oh, no, look, <laughs> I'm not hating on Draymond. I think Draymond's one of the best leaders in basketball, and he's probably one of the best defenders in basketball, and he's gonna go going to the Hall of Fame. He's a four time champion. You cannot take sure. that from him. But it's so much uncertainty right now with Draymond Green is if he gonna be in Golden State or not. Let me finish. Okay, Number okay. two, Clay Thompson is about a year away of being himself again. Right now, Clay Thompson is like up and down. You don't know what you're gonna get from Clay Thompson. And then on top of that, the Golden State Warriors, if everyone paid attention, they are going through the youth movement. That's why they playing Wiseman, Moody, Cool. That's why they play on these young guys to get them some experience. Cause in about another couple years or so, they they gonna be the organization. They gonna be that new era with Steph Curry. With Steph with Curry. So it's so much uncertain Golden State right now, and that they're not really playing to their level of basketball. They can be had. They can be beaten, especially in the postseason. And, and if, if I'm Memphis and, and if I'm playing Golden State in the second round, I'm happy. I'm licking my chops because to me, I'm like, look, this is the year that the big dogs who dominate this era, they got older. It's so much uncertainty about them. This is our year to take them out. Cut the head off of the king. It's time to take them out. I'll be happy. Look, if I'm John Moran, I'm giving my team that killer speed. This is it. Because if Memphis don't beat them this season, if they lock up in the postseason, if Memphis don't beat them this season, they're going to have to make some changes. That'd be embarrassing, man. Gonna have, that would that be like two years, in, I mean, three years in a row? That'd be three, three, years. Years. I mean, three and four years. Three and four years. Yeah, three and four years. I feel like played them in, okay, they they beat them when they had to play them in the play-in, but then they lost to them in the series. Yeah, it'd be like two years, three years in a row, man. Yeah, Dang. they got to do it. They got, look, man, <laughs> we all, we can sit here and praise John Moran and the, and the crew all we want. They can sit here and say, yeah, we know we're the best team in the West. Okay, go out here, beat Golden State. That's all you got to do. Because if, if you don't beat Golden State, I guarantee you Denver going to beat them. If if Denver don't beat them, you want Pelicans going to beat them. Yeah, Pelicans, when they get their players, like, for sure, for sure. I, li- I like the Pelicans team, too, man. Um, Zion, I want, when you get Zion and Brandon Ingram on the court at the same time with CJ and my boy, Jose Alvarado. That's, that's what like I'm the, saying. That, that's the Draymond Green. That's, that's the Draymond Green of guards right there. Yeah. See, that's what I always felt, that when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, and, and, and let me let me rewind back because I love their basketball history because they what do, 
we could get what if we could get Draymond on the what if Draymond is the missing piece for the Grizzlies? Can we get Draymond he, on the Grizzlies? You know what? He might be. Because I'm what yeah. I based what I'm saying is that they need a veteran player who's been there. I think Draymond kind of fit with the Grizzlies, honestly. He he probably he does. I mean Grind City. I mean, hey, I wouldn't object to seeing Draymond with uh John Moran. And in a way, he might help them because they are their young team. And one thing about a young team is that they're full of themselves. They're cocky. They're arrogant. They feel like they go out. They could be anybody. <laughs> they are cocky like that. And the Grizzlies are like a little. They got that little cockiness to them, huh? Right. But when you got a guy like Draymond, who look, he was not a, a NBA All Star, but he's an important piece to any team that wants to win a championship. He can go. Look, I got four rings. So you know, you listen to me, we'll get there. If you if you pay more attention on your defense on the defense assignment, and you play at a at a pace where you know it it would benefit the team, you'll get there. You don't got to play super fast. You don't got to play super slow. But I just kind of think that Memphis Grizz, they right there. They're just missing a veteran player who I feel that those young players can listen to who want chip. And Draymond will probably be like the perfect fit next to um Jaron. Draymond and Jaron Jackson in your front court. They probably have to give up Dylan Brooks to get it. Oh, well, he now he don't got to be traded because isn't he a free agent after this year or something he'll like that? Free, he, he, he's a free agent. There's rumors he gonna, he might, he's going to opt out of his contract and he wants to go to the Lakers, but I don't think he's a good fit for the Lakers. But I think he's a good fit for the Grizzlies. Oh, man, if he went to the Grizzlies, yeah, you could put him, Jaron, Draymond. This is like all hypothetical, but you know what I'm saying? Jaron, Draymond, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, yeah. Cameron. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we hey, see... that's a killer lineup right there. That's, yeah. a, that's a championship lineup. It, it, it's, it's more, yeah, it, it's, that would be a, a championship lineup, but it's more about if you ever watch the video uh, or watch the game on how Draymond Green works with James Wiseman, how he stays on him, and how he tell him, hey, big dog, you got to be right here instead of right there, and, and how he does it. It, it. He's a hell of a teacher, and I think if he go, if he was with Memphis, he can help the, those those guys. He can help nah, that young squad. I got to see a game, man, hypothetical, but I would pay for them tickets, you know what I'm saying, to see Draymond with them. Like, Draymond, he bring that same spirit, that Tony Allen spirit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, and look, I don't, I don't, I never been a huge Draymond Green fan. We from the same state. But they, they, they don't like Draymond in Memphis, though, right now. But I feel like if he can't play for the team, he one of those guys that you you hate him when he's on the other team, but you will love him if he's right. for your team. Right. They don't right. really, they don't fuck with Draymond in right. Memphis. He was making the jokes on the whoop that trick. Nah, they don't really like all that, man. Right. I, um, With me, it's different because I've never been a big Draymond Green fan, even though he's from the same state. I've never been a big fan of his, but I love his character. I love the fact that he's a leader. I love the fact that what he represents. And and I kind of feel that to me, Draymond Green is like a is like a teacher on the court. And a lot of times, even this season, I kind of feel like his time at Golden State is just over to me, to be honest with you. He done what he can at Golden State. He he achieved a lot in Golden State. And I always say, what if a guy like Draymond Green could go to another squad and help them win a chip? Teach them how to be a champion. Teach them how to carry themselves the right way. And what the best place to go is Memphis. I mean, they they hard nose tough, just like Draymond Green. No nonsense, just like Draymond Green. Cocky, arrogant, like Draymond Green. Everything about that team is basically Draymond Green. So I would love to see him in Memphis. Like I would love to see. I mean, I would love to see Draymond play with any young squad that has that's a championship contender. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be dope. That would for sure be dope. Yeah. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? it just happened to, it happened to you know what I'm saying fit into the conversation. But that's like for real, for real. Like I feel 
like that's like the perfect team for for him and for him to like kind of show because you know people didn't doubt it, his skill set the whole time basically like saying you know what I'm saying you you only what you are because of Steph Curry and them but Draymond Green got a good skill set man being a, um, oh, a yeah. ball handler Draymond Green in my opinion is like a poor man's LeBron you know what I'm saying as far as he's not a great you know what I'm saying LeBron got an offensive skill set but but Draymond is a playmaker at the four he's a tall playmaker you know what I'm saying got good body he's a great defender you know what I'm saying just without the without the offensive skill set but he got the handles he got the eye, the passing eye. He can set good screens. He's going to defend multiple positions. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, they compare him to, to Dennis Rodman because he also, he'll do like the dirty work. Who you, who would yeah. you, who you think, who you think, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Dennis Rodman is a Detroit legend too. So, I mean, who would you take? You know what I'm saying? Rodman or, um, or Draymond? <laughs> um, I'll take Rodman. Oh, I'll take man. Rodman. Only because, I'll take Rodman because I know what I'm going to get. I'm not, I, I know I'm going to get out of Draymond. Good defense. Defense. He's going to run that offense. But with Rodman, Rodman come in, he's just getting you rebounds. He's getting you defense, and he's going by his business. He's going down. He's going to take a flight to Vegas and party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and Draymond, you're going to get the same thing, but you might get a little extra for your money. I mean, both guys are high-headed. They get technical fouls. Well, Draymond get him at the wrong time. But <laughs> yeah. but for me, because I'm a throwback type of guy, and because I, I love um, that era of basketball, 80, 90, early 2000s, I'm going to take Rodman. It, but it, it, trust me, it's very close. Very, very close. Very, because I... Yeah, Rod, Rodman is like an all-time, an all-timer. All-time great. As, all-time great yeah, at he, what yeah, he Yeah, as far as even rebounding, man, he got like some records that's like not going to be broken. I think, you know what I'm saying? For him to be on like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, they say. Yeah. I never uh, seen that person, so I don't said, know. I don't know how said, real it he's is. More, he's, he's more 6'7", than he is 6'8", in man, person. Yeah, I never, I, never met him in, I never met him in person, you know what I'm saying? They say like, like you know what I'm saying, small for... Um, um, maybe like you know what I'm saying six five six six for the power four position, but for him to be like that high on the rebound list is like crazy. Like I see, like I look at even like some of the stats now, seeing them um, on like social media when they put up the stats on games where he like have like points zero points twenty eight rebounds. Like yeah, the, the only the, the, here's the, the one the two the one thing I like about Draymond Green and Dennis Rodman is that both guys, especially Rodman's early career, he can guard one through five. I mean, we seen it. Um, it's on YouTube where he guarded Akeem Olajuwon, shut him down. Draymond Green could do that. But Rodman, later in his career, he couldn't do that. Draymond Green, because the way the game is played now, he can do that and yeah. be very effective. And don't forget, you know, Dennis Rodman didn't have a lot of meat on those bones. Draymond got some meat on those bones. So... Yeah. And, and the thing is, Draymond can help your offense, but they, they look at it because he could be a secondary ball handler. Yeah. That's and, the thing. He can and, help your offense. Yeah. And and with Dennis Rodman, how you help your offense? Well, you know, he'll get offensive rebound, kick it back out. And he'll yeah. give you a, more possession. So I, I feel I can't go wrong with either one, but I'm just I, I just go with Dennis Rodman. Uh, I don't think Draymond Green is another Dennis Rodman in this NBA just because he do a lot more than Dennis Rodman. Yeah. But I also would say this I don't in my opinion, he doesn't get the respect he deserved of being defensive player of the year. Cause I, he should have won it more than one time. Who are you talking about? Uh, Draymond Green. And because yeah. of his reputation. Rodman more like, I feel like Rodman more was like, uh, he specialized. He was like a rebounding specialist and uh, he could guard, but um, Draymond is more like of a jack of all trades. He could do it. He could give you a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Except as far as the shooting, he a liability with the shooting. But even in the games where he can knock down a, um, a three or two in those games, it's like, it ain't nothing you can really do with him because if he knocked down a shot for you and he gonna do all the rest of everything he's doing, <laughs> well, 
you know what I'm saying? He's the perfect player to be on the court, really. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, man. And, you know, I know this is supposed to be our Memphis Grizzlies. We got a little sidetrack with the Dennis Rodman and Draymond Green. But, yeah, that's a you good know, talk, though. It's yeah, a it's a good talk. It's a good talk. And, uh, you know, like I said, I love to see Draymond on Memphis. I think if he, I don't know if, he, if he's considering it. I don't know if he even looked at the Grizzlies. But if I'm John Moran, if I'm Jaron Jackson Jr., a fellow Michigan Stater, I'll be telling my front office, yo, when this guy hit free agency, bring him in. Pay the man what he needs to get paid to come play for this squad because I, I truly believe Draymond Green is the only player in the NBA who I feel that he can impact a team winning the championship and losing the championship. Not LeBron James, not Kevin Durant, not Damian, not none of those guys. Draymond Green because I kind of feel well, I, he just he's just a, a bona fide leader and I I, I, hate, I hate repeat myself but it is true. It, to me, he is next to LeBron James. He is, in the, he is the best leader in the NBA and he's one of the top five leaders in NBA history. So for me, if I can just bring in Draymond Green who I know is going to give me some defense, who's going to run this offense, who's going to make John Moran a better player, who's going to make Jaron Jackson Jr. a better player. He's going to make my young squad a better player. I got to have. I'm just saying. But with that said, though, Dre, I thank you for coming on. Well, hold on. Before you call, let me get a shout out. Shout out. Okay, I'll give you your I'm shout out. I'm wearing my brand. I mean, it just happened to. I'm always wearing my brand. I can't really see it too much, but I got a, um, a clothing. Let me see. Let me see. Transplant. Is it there? Yeah, <laughs> transplant. I got the beanies. I got my um uh, hoodies. I'll be doing a drop soon. I have a, a brand called Transplant at Wear Transplant on IG. It's a travel brand. Y'all could definitely check that out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just here really just talking about the basketball, but I had to yeah, definitely... So like, right. I, so, I got to plug myself. Don't even really ask me about the brand, like talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like I had to put my little two cents in there, but you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm yeah, just yeah. here to talk about the sport. This is all sports today. So oh, maybe we'll yeah. do like some, um, we'll do some athletic wear. Maybe we'll, another day we could go get back on, we could talk about the brand. Nah, hey, I'm down with so where can we find your brand where we can find where can we purchase some of your items okay well I got a website www.wearetransplant.com you can find me on um, Instagram at wearetransplant.com uh, at wearetransplant on IG um, Facebook if you still do Facebook I got a Facebook shop so you can find it at um, at wearetransplant W-E-A-R transplant like you wear the clothes you wear transplant okay and I will be checking some stuff out myself because I like that hoodie and that hat so I'm definitely oh yeah you already told me you're going to get a bean yeah I'm going to get a beanie, I'm going to get a hat. I'm going to get a, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm going to get a beanie and I'm going to get a hoodie because I like it. I like it. So, Dre, man, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a hell of a conversation. We didn't didn't talk for a long time. So, this is pretty cool. I enjoyed it and I definitely will have you on again. We're going to talk about your brand and who knows, we might even talk about some more basketball talk. So, I'll catch you later and uh, you be cool, my brother. And actually, the last word is this, you know, um, down in Memphis, there was a killing of a young man named Tyree Nichols about the police. Five African-American cops killed a young black man. And I know everybody's upset and I know everybody you know wants justice. We're gonna justice gonna get. It's going to happen. This is different because it's fellow brothers killing another brother. And, and y'all, if y'all don't know how I feel about that, you know that hurt. Any killing of any kind hurt. I hate seeing young people get killed. And I hate seeing police officers killing people. It's, that's not, it's not supposed to be that way. They're supposed to protect and serve. So during these hard times right now, you know, let's, we just need to stop all the violence. We need to be better as people. When I look at those five officers, I look beyond their badges. They're, they're five human beings and they made a huge mistake and they will be punished for that. So while we are here protesting and calling for justice, please don't tear up the city. Don't call them names. Don't do anything out of your character. Just pray for the family. Let's be there for the family. And, you know, we just got to be better. We can't, we, we can't continue to hurt each other to kill each other. Again, I don't
don't care what race, black, white, Hispanic, I don't care. As people, we all just have to be better because we have a younger generation that's coming up that we're raising that once we're, once we're all gone, they're going to be here and they don't deserve to deal with all the hate, with all the violence that we had dealt with in our lives. So again, let's just be better and let justice take its course. Even if we don't have faith in the system, let's just hope the system do the right thing. And that's all I got to say for today's show. Amen, I- brother Deshaun. <laughs> On the right. Double Jerome podcast, for sure. Nah, for sure. Right. This has been DS Walk, a.k.a. Deshaun, as Dre alluded. And I will talk to you guys next Saturday on the Dildrew Podcast. We're out. Peace. Thank you very much. 